Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody, and welcome. It's time once again for Riding the Wave with Mark Healy. I'm Mark Healy. I'm the managing editor of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper since 1893. And we've uh, got uh, a great interview that we did today with uh, Assemblywoman Stacy Pfeffer Amato. She sat down with us uh, this morning, and we went over a lot of the different uh, issues that uh, Rockaway's facing right now. We also talked about uh, the interview that uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio uh, did with us on Friday, uh, he wasn't able to keep his promise and, and come to the wave and check it out. So Stacy uh, was really uh, excited about seeing the wave today. Uh, she hadn't seen it, obviously, since we've been down here. So uh, it was uh, a lot of fun to show her around. She had a, she had a lot of uh, nice things to say about the, uh, the new digs. And uh, really, I... I I can't express this enough. I really want folks to come by and see uh, the new wave offices. Uh, it's the new old office, of course, um, at 8808 Rockaway Beach Boulevard. Uh, after years of working upstairs in, a very, in very close quarters, uh, we're finally back in our old offices that were destroyed after Sandy. So certainly want to uh, let people know, come on, uh, come on over and check us out and see uh, what we're doing here at the wave the you know rockaway's paper uh, you know paper of record uh the ones who actually cover the news so uh, again uh let's get to you know down right down to business and listen to the uh, interview we did earlier this morning uh with assemblywoman stacy pfeffer amato we're here with uh, assemblywoman stacy pfeffer amato she visited the wave for the first time what did you think of uh, the new offices Stacey? it's gorgeous it's very rockaway very modern and i i wish you great luck here thank you thank you uh it's exciting not to work in the office that we used to work in because you know it was just so tight and during deadlines it'd be crazy and it also offers us the opportunity to sit down and do the podcast this way we used to just do it on the phone but this gives us the space to kind of have a much, you know, much more, I think, pleasant interview uh, situation. Okay, so first thing, um, obviously, the biggest issue, I mean, look, Rockaway has a ton of issues, but the biggest issues that, uh, you know, we've been discussing in the paper that you've been putting press releases out on and, and, and talking to constituents and Rockaway is hot, it's popular, people are coming. We, we as a newspaper, we as a community, we as CB14 knew this was going to happen. And it seems to us, uh, as usual, that, you know, the city just didn't listen and didn't prepare for the ferry crowds. We told them they would need a bigger boat. We told them they would need more trips per, you know, per hour, uh, and especially on the weekends, that the weekend service would be out of control. They didn't listen. Uh, and if you heard our interview with Mayor de Blasio on on Friday, 
um, he said, well, you know, they listened, but uh, they they planned small just in case. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. I heard your interview. Congratulations on that. I think you really stuck it to him and kept to the point that um, as a community where we want to hear from our mayor. Um, yes, he did mention that thing he was trying to be making like he was conservative on the budget, and I disagree with that completely. What you're saying is that what our biggest frustration, and myself too as a resident, um, is that no one listens to us. We know the best. We've, we're, you know, I'm here 50 years, family's 80 years, and we know our history. So when we tell the mayor, and they're building this ferry, and it's going to come back, and I know you had data about that, but I believe that the ferry was going to come back, they were not listening to what we knew would happen. By the change of the numbers over the last, uh, say, five years since almost Hurricane Sandy's anniversary, that they weren't listening about the increase of the businesses, saying how much our businesses have increased, how much um, transit has increased, the amount of people coming here. So how, how come you're not listening to us? And then for him to say, well, we kind of were being conservative on it, there was no reason to be conservative because there's five other routes that he was planning with his ferry, and if maybe we weren't filling our boat, they could have maybe loaned that to another line. But we knew what we needed, and no one listened to that. And that's the part that's frustrating as a community, and that's absolutely something that I'm trying to tackle, that I think when I look at what my voice can be as the state assemblywoman is to lend that voice of reality to the rest of the bureaucracies out there. And the thing is, it wasn't just you that was telling him. It, you know, it was also uh, Senator Dabo. Absolutely. Uh, it was Councilman Ulrich. Uh, you it's know, our community board. Our community I mean, board is just, so vocal right. and so on. We're very lucky, and I've learned that now talking to other colleagues from the city, um, when I was in Albany, we have a very vocal community board, very active. And not all community boards are like that. So when they stand for a point or tell the city agencies, uh, this is what we need, this is not going to work, it goes on deaf ears. It's, it's kind of like Shorefront Parkway. I call it the death of Shorefront Parkway. Um, we said, this is what will work well, this is what should happen, and they did what they want. And I still don't know what some of those white lines mean. Right. And we, we drive it every day. So right. there's a perfect example of the city not really listening. Maybe they want to service us, but in the, I think what's happening, everyone works in an office um, and in a little bubble, talks to each other. You're fabulous, you're fabulous, you're fabulous, and then we get the result of that, and that doesn't work. The other, the other, one of the other things that the mayor said, and I don't want this to be about let's tear apart what the mayor said, no, but all of these, all the questions I asked him are all Rockaway issues. Uh, he said something about, you know, taking the agencies take their cue from him, and he's right. They do because they don't listen and they don't come and they don't fold the community's concerns or advice into how whether it, and it doesn't matter what agency it is, whether it's you know EDC who who you know it doesn't have the worst track record uh, or Department of Homeless Services which has the worst. They've openly lied many times to this community about uh, placement, about siting, about different things that uh, have gone on. I mean, they completely lied about uh, the La Quinta Hotel uh, that, you know, they never informed us. And when we did find out, um, you know, they asked us not to print anything because, it, you know, uh, they were domestic violence victims. And we acquiesced. We said, okay, you know, we understand that. We understand that, uh, you know, we want to protect these people. But we were told it was nine rooms. And they lied to us. They lied to us. So what I'm saying is, is that um, how can you as an assemblywoman 
uh, hold these city agencies accountable, especially when they outright lie to us? Well, I think you have to keep on top of them. And, and as you said before, Senator Davo, Councilman Ehrlich, we work really well together. And we're constantly partnering on issues. So I think we have to just keep taking little steps forward and keep them, uh, their feet to the fire. Unfortunately, they, I, as history shows us, you're saying they do lie. So how do we prevent that? So if you think about the homeless the hotel um, last year, uh, I proposed legislation that said we have to be notified. Well, we did get notified now. So somewhere along the line when this community screamed, the city had to change their way and let us know. We get a notice that says they're going to be at 87%. And that is a change because no one would get that notice. But when the woman from the homeless services comes to our office and tells us how they're going to continue to use hotels to 2025, I basically asked her to leave. And now we're going to take that to the next step, saying that's not acceptable. If it's looking at state policy, um, what we could do as a community to um, lower that number or to stop it from growing. So the next hotel that's supposedly being built in the downtown Far Rockaway, we just have to take little steps and constantly keep the community involved and let it write. Unfortunately, I guess they have the ultimate end decision. But I believe when we're the loudest, and I heard you say that, that we are a very resilient community, I think we're going to be heard more often than not. One thing that I heard you say that the mayor said, um, which I thought was great, was that he was going to charge his deputy uh, mayors with focusing on this community. And I'm already drafting my letter up that invites them to a meeting so that we can focus on this community. But maybe government gets too big, and now I'm going to take that next level, those deputy mayors, and say, here's our issue. Um, the homeless issue it's a housing issue. You know, this community has enough of you said that, and I think we have to stick to that. And putting more families here that don't are not from here that are still part of that increasing population is not helping anybody. We have our enough of NYCHA housing and um, issues in our own community that we have to say to the mayor, you have to build housing. And it's not here because we have housing. And we have housing that's going to help this community grow. But the homeless is a housing issue, and they choose not to spend money on building home housing and programs that will put these homeless families in homes. And I'm not saying it in Rockaway because we have our fair share. And that's where I heard you, your frustration came from, and mine. Because we have our fair share, and they have to stop looking at this community as a dumping ground. And that's what I'm going to use my voice to stop happening. And on the other side of that is to build up the community for what we need. Well, the other thing, too, is that the, the rhetoric is not matching the execution. Correct. You know, the rhetoric is hotels are bad, and they've been right. saying that for the last year. Hotels are bad. Hotels are bad. We're not going to do hotels anymore, yet they keep using hotels. And, and right. as recently as this year, right. using hotels. So my, my issue is, is that you can say whatever you want to say, but if you don't act, if you don't execute, then you're, you're – you know, the whole idea of, of, you know, that you're listening and that your brain is with me. I mean, he said that at one point. My brain is with you. You have but half of the battle is showing up. Right. So there's not enough room for, there's more homeless families than homeless space. Then the city should focus to build housing to help those people out, not reverse it and put them in a hotel. So get buildings to some lower-income places that help. Like he said, they are working families. I just had a woman who came in who's speaking that she works. She does okay for herself. It's impossible her, 
to pay her rent with three children. So how do we help her? So is that a lower income housing? But when we have this conversation, it's a double-edged sword for us here in Rockway. Because when I speak about this, it's not for here. Because we have our fair share. Like The families that are in the La Quinta, in the shelter here, they're not from Rockaway. So you need to look at people's communities and see where they're being priced out and build low-income housing. I've heard my colleagues from Brooklyn. That's what they want. They need more low-income housing to take care of the families that are trying to work, to stay in a home, keep their families together, be in their communities, be near their churches. And that's what has to happen. Now we're just spreading them out throughout the city, and I think we're getting not we're getting well over our fair share, and we're willing to do our part, but it's not helping. What well, you see the rhetoric, but he's talking about economic development and growth. Well, you can't help anybody if we don't have transportation. You talked about infrastructure. That's what I want to talk about. You can't help people unless you build the infrastructure, and we have been neglected. He said it himself again. This is not beating the mayor, but when your words say that we've been neglected for ten years. What are you doing about the neglect? Because if we can get the Rockway Beach Rail Line going, we can get better bus routes going, more frequent busing, then our families can get jobs and better income and work harder. He, he also talked about, you know, blaming his prior administrations for the homeless problem. Yet, I heard coming in, uh, there was a report, I believe it was on 1010 Wins, uh, where they said that from last year, from last year, that homelessness was up over 60%. 60% from last year. We're not even talking about the explosion of homelessness under de Blasio's first administration, uh, an administration that has already spent close to $2 billion on, on homelessness. Uh, they've had three plans, uh, two commissioners, probably a third one coming before, possibly before his, his re-election, um, and, and, and ultimately, there's no, there's no plan. Like, it, it, you know, in Rockaway, as, as, as you said, we have uh, a lot of these rooms, uh, whether it's SRO, whether it's Section 8, whether it's nursing homes or whatever. We have all that stuff. So how about creating a program, that we said, which we proposed in the WAVE about two years ago, how about creating a program where the people who are from this community that – have to go to a homeless shelter, that we create a system where those folks from the homeless shelter, uh, as they transition, they'll get NYCHA housing. Because we know there's NYCHA apartments that are not being used, right? <laughs> so then, so then, and then the NYCHA people can then get transitioned. I mean, look, this is going to take time. But then the NYCHA people would get transitioned into the affordable housing. I mean, it's like there's no incentive there's no, where are the job training programs that they told us they were going to have for the shelter on Beach 65th Street? Where are those, you know, where are these, all these things that they promised, oh, we're going to transition people? Where? Right. And if they had success stories, believe me, they'd be taking bows for them. Right? So, I mean. Well, that's where the warehousing conversation comes from because, again, why are they homeless? So is it a working family? Or, and again, it was another uh, a court Someone who worked in the court and he had he was on disability and he couldn't afford his bills again, children, child care services, whatever he's paying for. So what would help them housing that's affordable and that would transition them out? Everyone is not maybe mentally challenged or disabilities, that those type of families that need services that we have some beautifully running ones on this peninsula and then we have some stores. Um, but it is about a full program looking at it. My concern is at the hotel when it increased to whatever percentage, and I forgot, I apologize for that, 
is they now become my constituents. So what's happening to those children? What school are they going to? So I, you know, getting involved because where are they going? How are those children going to be dealt with? Because we could say whatever the circumstances is, but now they're my responsibility. And I want to make sure they're taken care of. And maybe they'll eventually reside here. But let's give them a whole opportunity. So I have to care about them, which I would, of course. Um, but I'm not sure the city is. They put them here in an area that's very hard to get the services they need. Right. I drove past there. I stopped and I looked and I said, where's the supermarket? Where are they getting on a train ride? How long is that train ride taking them for services? So they're putting services in the hotel. Well, that doesn't solve anything for anybody. That's not exposing families. That's not letting kids make friends. So we have, that's why the, where your frustration and mine is because we care, right? And how, how does that caring grow? Again, to me, it's a, home, it's a housing issue. And until you fix that, and not here, in other places, and then the people from their community stay in their communities, and we'll take care of our own. And we are taking care of our own. That's our frustration. Exactly. And, and it's, it's also, look, and it, 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 it certainly uh, speaks to uh, the continuing problem, the bigger problem of disconnect. It's a constant disconnect. Um, when I call your office or I call uh, Councilman Ulrich's office or I call, I call Councilman Donovan Richards' office or if I call uh, uh, Senator Dabo's office, um, you know, I would say the majority of Rockaway electeds answer their phones. You know, they, they are accountable. And I think that once you're not accountable, once you're if you say you're going to do something, okay, like part of our job is to make sure that you do it, okay? So if someone keeps saying that they're going to do something and they don't do it and then don't take any accountability for not doing it and then blame someone else, which is what a lot, which is what a lot of this administration does and, and the city agencies in a lot of ways take you know, take their cue from that, to use his words, um, it, you know, lends us to now with parks. Now, we've been going after parks for the, for the, for the pollution, uh, for, the, for the trash, for the pickup. Um, you know, they keep telling us they're going to take care of it. We've been talking to them about the mobile mat. And, and frankly, you know, their communications department has really taken zero accountability and by the same token have answered us with, you know, uh, quips and Bible quotes and then turning around our criticism on us. How dare we criticize, you know, uh, the parks who are doing such a wonderful job. Well, uh, at 10 a.m. this morning, I received a, 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 I received a picture from Grace Miller, who was part of the Rockaway Beach Civic Association. Um, and it was, there was all this garbage that hadn't been picked up and the beach was open at 10 a.m. And that was garbage from the night before. Are they do? I mean, I mean, how much interaction do you have with parks, and do you feel that same frustration as someone who lives here and uses the beaches? So I'm, like, torn in that conversation because I do see them working. We were, we were leaving the other night. We were coming home, and at 10 o'clock, I saw the little, what do they call those, grasshoppers? Gators. Gators with trash. So I thought to myself, wow, this is a great um, idea. Someone's picking up the trash late at night so that in the morning they're the first run Right, right. But now, according to when Grace called in this morning, something happened in that process. So I would have to question what's happening. You know, where, where is the breakdown? 
is there not? Because I questioned on uh, July 4th where I heard that there wasn't a ton of money for overtime. So that to me becomes an administration problem, that the people on the ground here are frustrated because they're not given the budgets that they need. And that goes back to the same discussion as we, are, we keep telling you that thousands of people are going to be here. We're telling you that this is what's going on, and no one's listening. So I want to question where that breakdown is. For the few issues that I've taken on from my office, they've been responsive. But in the big picture, in the Rockway Beach Civic, I would say more specific area, I don't know why there's a disconnect in understanding what their needs are and how the park farm can get them done. Because what the parks might feel what they want to happen is not fulfilling the need. So it's like kind of working with your child in a way, like, I'm trying to understand your need, but I'm not meeting it. And somewhere along the line, they're missing each other. And we're, going to, we're actually was one of the things on our, li- our list to, to hit on if it hasn't approved. Like, you kind of got to get people a couple of weeks. Well, we thought it did. We, did. we thought it did, and we did. We, we actually so wrote, had a nice happened. story this week. And then, and then what happened on Sunday. So it's like, you and know. And I feel like yesterday was a quiet day, so did everyone breathe? Because it was like a weird kind of sunny day here in Rockway, so it wasn't high end. So did everyone take a breath, and therefore you missed your markers? Is everyone better when they're busier, kind of theory? So I don't want to really rip in because I feel like they're trying and I feel it's above them. And I feel it's above our Queen's commissioner. I feel like if you're not given the budgets to produce, like we're the hot season, so in the summer we should get more. And I don't feel like we are because right. the frustration we have is that Central Park is consistently clean when you go there. Flushing Meadow is consistently clean. So why aren't we getting a well, more people are coming it. here. It's ridiculous. I it's, mean, it's like, you know. It's funny. So when you're on when you're on Shorefront Parkway, it doesn't look as busy because the boardwalk is kind of quiet. And then um, when I was on the beach on Sunday, I went up later in the afternoon. I can't say it on live air, but it was a holy bleak, 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 bleak. I could not believe the depth of people to the beach. So they're there. But you just don't see because at one point everyone's happy on the beach. Um, we are getting the craft. It's proven. Um, we have a couple of questions. I keep pointing, but we're on live. To my chief of staff, Amanda Snowzik, who's doing a fabulous job of things you want to hit now that, like, with transit and things that once the markers hit and we see it for ourselves, you know, new in the seat, I'm not going to jump in and recreate the wheel. There are many people who have taken this fight on, but bringing a different conversation. I mean, we were at the precinct council meeting, and there's been always a, a conversation about the St. John's home, and I reinstituted a monthly meeting with the police and St. John's home and community leaders to talk about that so that we can make sure that um, um, incidences are low in that building and that actually people in there are being accused of crimes that weren't from there. So we're just keeping a better dialogue open and, and conversations like that. So as the new kid on the block, in a sense, um, I'm trying to put a different spin on maybe issues that we've been talking about, but just changing it up a little bit. You know, um, one, one thing I definitely want to get to before we're done because I know you're busy. I know you have a lot of stuff to do today. Um, is the Queens Rail now? When the news came out with the Queens Rail that the study had been delayed, a lot of people who are against the Queens Rail took that opportunity to kind of like say, "Well, see, you know," and and you know the friends of the Queensway, you know, took the opportunity to you know jump up and down and this and that. Now, look, full disclosure, the wave is fully in support of the Queens Rail. We've done, I don't know how many editorials uh, about how we need better transportation. And that area of Queens does not need another park. It's the one area in Queens that has more parks than any other place in Queens. It does not need 
you know, um, a bougie, you know, high line in Queens. You don't need that. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous and redundant. Um, the idea that this uh, study, why don't you explain to me, because, you know, I always try to explain to people, and maybe I'm not doing such a great job, is the study being delayed. Why did you, when you put out your release and said that it was a good thing, or at least it's a positive step, try to explain to our listeners what that, what that meant or what it means. So a little, little back about myself as a person before being elected, you know, if I had an issue, um, going on, maybe it was with my retirement pension in the city. You know, you get a phone call, you call somebody a week later, the person says, call me back a week later, and I call back a week later. Then you call back a week later, and they say, I'm working on it. I'm one of those people that I just keep calling, right? I'm going to keep following up, following up, following up. So when I got to Albany, and, you know, you're running around, and it's new, this was always on my mind, and I knew that I could get together with the MTA up there in a different way because there's different liaisons. And we, you know, they were transitioning out of their chairperson, and there was really no leader. And time kept going by to make a meeting, and we kept on it, and kept on it, and the study, and the study, and the study, and the study, until we needled down. So finally, they kind of had to say, it's not going to be ready. So your reaction could be like, are you kidding? We've been talking about this, waiting on this. And then we had to be listeners. And that's the thing I'm definitely learning to be um, in this position. And they said, well, we really want to look at it. To do something quick wouldn't be fair. What do you mean? And then they gave that proposal that the um, MTA, the Long Island Railroad, and the New York City Transit, we're all going to look at it together so that we're not going back, that we do one study as the MTA or, or you know, report, and then the Long Island Railroad will come back and say, wait, 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 we want to weigh in on it. We're going to get all of our voices on the same page. And, again, it's one of those moments you can say half full, half empty, and I felt that that was really good because obviously they're listening. They were listening, and they had to do some work on that to say, we have to give this our full attention. Because I think we all know that we don't always get our full attention. Governor Cuomo also is a person who is understanding rail, and he has his own uh, wish list and, and, and agenda of JFK and focuses like that. So if you take the whole comprehensive picture and say, is he looking at a one-seat ride from Kennedy? Well, that's the MTA, and that's his board. And you know, look at that full picture. I felt that I was excited because I believe somewhere everyone, there was a conversation that said, we do have to give this our fair look. And I wanted to have that patience to say, I hope you're going to do what you commit to. And now this is, I think, going to be the true study or the true report to tell us if this is something that can be done. Or And again, taking Dollar Man out, that, yep, this will be the transportation answer to what South Queens needs. Well, look, I mean, we got to a lot of stuff. There's still a lot of stuff we want to get to, but unfortunately, you know, you have places to go and we got work to do. So Monday, uh, Monday I in definitely want to thank you for coming down, for checking everything out. And uh, I know that you'll be up for this once again, and we'll be able to hit more issues. And I know that folks, um, you know, always have questions for you. Uh, because they know that you're from here and they know that you understand the issue. So if people want to get in touch with Assemblywoman Stacey Pfeffer Amato, how do they go about it? The best way is you can walk into our office. We're at 9516 Rockway Beach Boulevard. We love people walking in. Um, we also could be reached at 718-945-9550, or please email me at amatos at nyassembly.gov. Okay. Thank you so much, Assemblywoman. Thank Thanks you so coming. much.
That's here. Thank you. Well, that was our interview with Assemblywoman Stacey Pfeffer Amato. If you agreed with what she had to say, if you disagreed with what she what she had to say, if you know there were questions that we didn't get to, certainly always feel free to write a letter to the editor or to give us a call here at uh, the Wave seven one eight six three four four thousand, or you can email me at editor e d i t o r at rock a wave w r o c k. Uh, A-W-A-V-E dot com. That's editor at rockawave.com. And uh, tune in tomorrow. We're going to have another uh, great interview with mayoral candidate Sal Albanese, who stopped by the wave today as well. Uh, figure that. Two elected officials coming to the wave uh, on the same day when the mayor uh, had to cancel out on his uh, his interview on, on Friday. Uh, certainly, uh, we had a great talk with uh, Mr. Albanese, and you can hear it all tomorrow on Riding the Wave. Have a great day, everybody. Uh, start to dry out. It looks like the sun is coming out, so have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow here on Riding.